You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, Bucks fans? Welcome back to a new episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. One of the best episodes of the week because it is the post-game episode. Week one, Bucks trump into Cowboys territory. And ladies and gentlemen, they pull it off. They go 1-0 to open the season. Tom Brady goes 7-0 against the Cowboys. And that is where we get to start this episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Once again, thank you guys for joining me and Kaylee Mizell. Be sure to stream, download this episode, all the episodes, wherever you get your podcast fix, as well as the so easy um, and user-friendly Odyssey app. It's one of the best places that you can actually download and listen to all episodes. And while this episode will kick off the week, you can find us Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, first thing in the morning on your drive home, making coffee, whatever it is that you do. But let's get back to the most important part, which is the Bucks beating the Cowboys. Kaylee, how's it going? How's hey. this night treating you? It's a late night. It's a late night. And I think I would have hoped for a little bit more, you know, fireworks on game one. But more the thing is, out is that they got they got the win and i think that there's a lot to build off of casey oh yeah that we we look at the game you look at how things went and um yeah i think it's a, it's an exciting start to the season personally i feel like my throat feels how chris collinsworth voice sounded so i'm still oh. kind of feeling a little under the weather but a Bucks win helps with that. So, oh, yes. and, and I've got a day rest off tomorrow. And yeah, exactly. Rest and move forward into the week as a winner. Yes. At least there will be a victory Monday coming up, yeah. which, you know, Tampa Bay, you can't ask for anything better than a victory Monday. Now, is a 19 to 3 win that cute? I don't know. That's something that Kaylee and I will dive into uh, here very shortly, but a win's a win opening the season one and no. And more importantly, Todd Bowles, you know, coming back to the head coach conversation, it's important for him to open up on that note. So uh, a W all around in many different ways for this entire team. But as you guys know, we like to break things down, get a little specific, and we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, the Bucks pull off a 19-3 victory, but that's not exactly what it would sound like if you didn't watch the game. This is not a load-up of touchdowns. This was a load-up of field goals. And in my personal opinion, 
even though it's the field goals that gave the Bucks not only a lead but secured a win for them this evening, it's doesn't mean that Ryan Suckup was the MVP. Um, I think we would be so remiss to not mention the most important thing. It was announced at almost midnight last night. I'm pretty sure it was like 12.08. <laughs> I'm half asleep with the notifications going off that Chris Godwin got the clear to be expected to play in today's game. And that I thought was going to be a bigger momentum swing hype or, you know, just more excitement surrounding the offense as a whole to have Chris Godwin back. He had the opening drive as somewhat predicted um, and looked good, was playing fearlessly. Of course, he was on a reduced snap count to protect his body. Uh, Kaylee, what did you think of the first signs of Chris Godwin's return? Did you think that there was hype and momentum and anything surrounding his, you know, him gracing the field? How did you yeah. feel? Like that? Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, people love people love to watch and seeing him out there what on that very first drive getting you know getting some yards connecting with Tom Brady you love to see it and you're excited to see it um I, I think it was a long awaited return you know for him uh personally I think it was something that that he was kind of itching to get back to and was really excited to get out there and and get going um I liked what I saw for the most part I think that I think it was a good there were some really good connections I mean I think there's a lot of things offensively that I like there's also yeah. a lot of things offensively that need to be improved but Chris Godwin somebody that I really, really was happy to see out there. And I mean, they gave him, they gave him a lot of props, even calling yeah. the game, you know, in the broadcast booth, they were talking about good to see Godwin back and, and how exciting it was to see him out there. And I think everyone kind of felt that way. There was a collective excitement in seeing Godwin out there. Um, I, I now, you know, kind of continuing on that front, um, it, it, I, I said this past week, it's not worth the risk. I'm very, very happy that the injury that, um, Godwin has is a hamstring injury. It's not his knee. Todd Bowles came out after the game and says yeah. very explicitly, this is not his knee hamstring related. So I'm hoping that it's just something that because he, you know, didn't go through his normal conditioning process, Casey. I'm mm -hmm. hoping that it's maybe related to that, maybe related to cramping, maybe related to, to muscle being tight because he just hasn't gone through his normal conditioning process um, because he was just recovering and rehabbing this knee injury. Very thankful it is not a knee injury. Yeah. But also, um, yeah, overall, really happy with the receiving core. Um, Loved kind of along those lines, loved getting some looks to Julio Jones. And oh, I love look. Oh my gosh. And that I love the momentum generator, in my opinion. The 100%. Big oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, he has, he only had three receptions for yeah. 69 yards. I mean, he had a real, that really long 
past. And that's what we knew that he could do. When we said that he was being added to this roster, mm-hmm. we said, he's going to be the guy. I I remember exactly on this podcast saying, I'm so excited to see these big explosive plays. Now, I wasn't sure if it was going to come in this game. And mm-hmm. there were times where it was close because uh, Trayvon Diggs is, gosh, incredible out there. And, and he gave the Bucks receiving core some, you know, a little bit of a hassle at times, but Julio Jones is a smart player. And I think we were able to see the way that this is going to play out. Even when he doesn't catch the ball, the way that he is such a threat downfield that he pulls the safety away so that Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or someone else can have some space and Tom Brady can hit them and make a move. It is beautiful to see, and it really just gets me excited about this offense moving forward. And again, and that's with a lot of things to clean up, which I know we'll get into. Oh, absolutely. And to add to add to your point and build off of that, guys, here's a perspective. Here's a visual for you. Apparently, Julio Jones hit, broke 20 miles per hour on that deep catch from Tom Brady. So the other thing that popped out last night on on the Twitter is the fact that Julio Jones has been pronounced as the fastest. He hit the fastest speed in training camp. He was the fastest player coming out of the collective training camps. This is a guy who people were very curious if he was going to be cooked, if he was going to be able to, you know, consistently stay healthy and be productive in the Bucks offense. And Todd Bowles, as well as the other coaching staff, has mentioned that, you know, Julio Jones isn't going to be out there for no extensive snap count. He is going to be a little bit more on the reserve side. They're going to be more strategic and situational with him. And we saw great glimmers of that tonight. 20 miles per hour. Oof. I just can't even express what that actually might look like in live. Oh, my like, gosh. Live and action packed. How much did you love, too, the way that they would line him up and just do the like where he would line up beside Tom and then come to the other side and just round off. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I loved it. He had just two of those. For yeah. 17, 17 yards. Like he's getting yards. Like he is getting space. He's getting yards and you're right. Like we didn't see a ton of him, you mm-hmm. know, but when he was out there, he had two carries, three receptions, total those up almost a hundred yards right between the two. And so you just look at him and he's an explosive player. He adds a lot to this team and it was really great to see him all out, all effort too. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because you know, the one catch that he didn't have, and it was actually a bit of a low throw. You saw him beating himself up as he was heading to the sidelines, like holding himself accountable, but this is somebody who has such a competitive caliber to him. So I'm anxious to see how much further they may expand upon his role. Um, as you touched on a moments ago, Chris Godwin did concur an injury in the game. It, you know, it's not his knee. Thankfully, what I saw in the past is that again, another low throw, there was some kind of off moments with Tom Brady, but you can't blame him because it was a, rough day for the offensive line in some aspects, but there were some positives behind, you know, this offensive line that he has to play behind for the next couple of weeks. When Godwin went for that low pass, it kind of looked like he overstretched. Um, his, his stance was very wide, his lean to the, to the left side of his body to make that catch happen. It kind of looks like he more so probably inflamed up in the groin. Well, it is a hamstring injury, but it could have been, you know, groin to hamstring kind of thing, just a very tight muscle, 
situation um, that he'll definitely bounce back from. And both you and I last week definitely were like, no, we don't want uh, we don't want to chance it. Um, we'll see what comes out. Todd Bowles is definitely more of a MRI x-rays kind of guy before he gives out any sort of information and he will hold a press conference per usual uh, the following day from the game. So tomorrow at noon ish and we'll definitely get an update around then. But kind of taking it back to Julio Jones, great performance, Chris Godwin, way to come back. Um, that kind of pivots us into the run game because the run game is really what got this team down the field okay. while there were great wide receiver plays. Um, Russell Gage was kind of, I won't say silent. Uh, Matt Matera and I were just talking about this on Pewter Report, but he was out there, but he wasn't used in many routes. He was used to block a little bit. We were expecting to see a lot more out of him, but a silent night for Russell Gage nonetheless. So that kind of takes us back to, you know, what did work tonight. And it was the run game and it was Leonard Fournette. And I was so hype on it because I'm like, do we call him Dally Lenny? What do we call this guy who just has so many names, so much capability. He even got a little chippy out there. Um, you know, when on one of the tackles, I don't remember if it was curse or somebody else that he just kind of started shoving at, but he's Lenny's playing with a whole different grit and demeanor this year. And I don't know if it's the contract, if it's the security of knowing he's going to be in Tampa for a while, if it's that, you know, he is running back number one in this group and it's not this competition between him and God knows who anymore. I don't know what it is about Leonard Fournette, but he's doing big things. Um, and regardless of how the offensive line may have come up short on some plays, Luka Decky had his ups and he had his downs. Uh, Donovan Smith ended up going out with an injury to his elbow. Leonard Fournette still made it look like this offensive line was there and 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 creating these massive gaps for him but really it was him running for his life let me go lenny that's <laughs> that's his nickname in my books oh Man, i love that you get this guy going it's like a wind-up doll i mean mm -hmm. you pull you pull the string and he just goes he does not stop. He's got such a motor on him. He's so powerful. And everybody made such a big deal of it last year. Oh, he's not in shape. He's not conditioned. He's not this. Man, he showed up this year and he said, okay, y'all talk. Y'all yes. talk. I'm going to do, I'm going to take care of my business. I'm going to do my thing. And then you'll see how I look on the field. And he showed up tonight, Casey. Yeah. And Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans, Leonard Fournette is my offensive player of the game. He had 21 carries, 127 yards. 127 yards. He took up he the whole carried, yard. He carried this offense. He yep. put the entire team on his back. And, and I we've seen him do it before. And we have. And I wasn't sure they, like, this is against a good defensive line. Mm -hmm. This is a really solid defensive line. They sacked Tom Brady twice. twice. Like this isn't just a, you know, okay, they're average. No, this is a good defensive line. And Leonard Fournette went out there and he did work. He is the one who helped move the ball consistently down the field. He gave Tom Brady a break. He gave the O-line. He made everyone look better out there. Like yeah. you said, he made the O-line look so much better than they actually played. There are things that they need to work out. Um, you know, even Tom Brady with, with some of the ways that he was passing. Yeah. Like he had an interception. He said after the game, like, 
I had an interception. I know that I need to. And it was on him. It, yeah. it truly was on Tom Brady. It's something he didn't see. He threw behind and mm-hmm. it, it got picked off. That's that's what's going to happen. But and Leonard Fournette, I didn't I don't I, I didn't I, I don't know if I have a critique for him. He played a really fantastic game. Yeah. And here's the thing, kind of going back to the Tom Brady comment. We know that this is one of the guys that holds himself most accountable for mm-hmm. sure. But, you know, that interception was most definitely on him for a minute. I didn't know if Mike Evans got his head around. And then looking back on the replay, it was like, okay, that what could have been a better call for the quarterback. In Tom Brady's defense, I think he he just seemed to seem a little flustered behind this offensive line. I don't, or maybe flustered is not the word, but frustrated because a big frustrated. Struggle, yeah. And a big struggle for the Bucks was third downs as well as the red zone. And when they were trying to execute in those areas, it was they weren't finding that cadence of the speed of Tom Brady's ball to the lineup of the route for the wide receiver. And that's kind of where the struggle was coming in. Now, did Dallas have a solid defense at that time at the same point? Yeah. But it wasn't the biggest night for Trayvon Diggs. Jordan Lewis, silent. Curse, I know he was dealing with an injury throughout the week, and he kind of looked like he was playing on that and then ended up, you know, missing out on maybe the fourth quarter of the game. So there were some holes in, in Dallas's defense that I thought would have been more exploited by Tom Brady and the wide receiver unit. So to see that struggle in the red zone uh, majority of the game was a bit surprising for me, something they'll work on, something they have to work on before they take on mm-hmm. the New Orleans Saints, who are one of those teams that plays from the minute the game starts till the minute that clock runs out, as we saw against the Falcons today. They take advantage of every single minute in the game. Um, so, yes, I think Tom Brady's going to have a big evaluation. I think he's going to have a lot of pointers for his team. For the, for the offensive line to be in the position that they've been in, you know, they did quite well. Luke, De- Luke Gedecky, I'm going to get this name, this kid's name right one day. Gedecky is, he's learning the hard way and he's learning in the trenches and it's going to get there. It's going to click for him eventually. Um, it's not all bad. There's good points. There's not so great points. He's got to work on, you know, really kind of his, he's a strong guy, but you know, he's going, he's going to go up against really strong defenses and he's got to find a way to hold out those gaps for his team and hold up that line. Um, I was shocked to see them continue to work on the left side of the field with Luke Gedecky having some of the issues that he had. Aside from that, though, I'd be remiss not to give props before we move on to the defense to the rookie tight ends. Kaylee, you mentioned that the tight ends were going to be a big part of this game, and while it may have not been in the red zone, the end zone, or over the middle when it comes to routes, it was Co-Keith blocking that really made a way for a lot of the plays. And you certainly love those, I, those true tight end moments. Man. So I'm sure that was, you know, <laughs> making your heart pound a little bit, getting excited over there. Heart warming, heart pounding. I mean, anytime you saw 41 just come up from a big block, a big tackle, it was just like, wow, this offense really did need this kid and they didn't even know it. And to take it a little further, you know, Kate Otten on special teams. He had multiple tackles or was in on tackles on special teams. So somebody who I didn't really take as a, a tackler whatsoever, but be much of a blocking tight end. He blocked, he tackled, he didn't have any routes tonight, but this is somebody who I've mentioned multiple times. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a larger role and really helps this team out this season. The rookies did an awesome job 
I'm so proud. I'm so impressed. You heard Cade's name quite a bit. And I think that the way that they were able to um, just really compliment Leonard Fournette and compliment Mm -hmm. what this offense was trying to do, it it shows me they've bought into the system. They know what their role is and they're ready to go out there and execute, which for rookies, those are all, that's what you want. That's what Mm -hmm. you want. That's what you want to see. Um, Two other things, Case, uh, Josh Wells coming in as Donovan White. um, Smith. Excuse me. Excuse me. Donovan Smith left the game with an elbow injury. And uh, Devin, no, I'm missing up all my names. And Josh (laughs) Wells comes in. I think think there was a little bit of like rattling that was going on in that that offensive line, right? Because – Brady gets sacked and then uh, Smith gets hurt. Yeah, Wells comes in. Brady's sacked again. So I'm I, I'm happy that they did get to the end zone once. Mm-hmm. I'm I think that there will be certainly this is a, a a team that has a very high expectations, and so they're going to fix some of these things. Tom Brady has very high expectations. He's gonna fix some things. Um. And, and it's going to get better. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a work in progress. I think if you're a, a Bucks fan, Jolly Rogers and touchdowns fans, I think the one thing that you can like take, you know, heed in is the fact that they won the game. Yes. They only made it to the end zone once. And frankly, offensively, it was a kind of crummy performance yeah. knowing what this offense can be. Again, a few sparks. I really liked Julio Jones. I liked what I saw of Godwin before he got hurt. Very impressed with Leonard Fournette. He is my all-star um, of the offense for this game. Um, but yeah, Leonard O-line Morris. would like them to step it up a little bit more. And yeah, I, I think there's I think there's room to grow. What were you saying? No, I was just confirming. So Leonard Fournette's your M- your M- offensive MVP. Oh yeah, easy. Okay. easy. Yeah. I mean, he, again, like you said, he put this team on his back and helped them get down that field. I, um, I'm going to take Mike Evans as my offensive MVP. Okay. Because, I mean, he's the guy that made know, it to the end zone. A, he's the one that made it to the end zone. B, he's just, he did so well against Dallas, secondary when he had the opportunities to, because if you look at his snap count and how, how often he was actually thrown to, Mike Evans made every play count and mm-hmm. it, 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 I, you, you can't be surprised. It's what Mike Evans does. That's why he's closing in on a thousand thousand yard season after a thousand yard season after a thousand yard season. So I just got to give it to Mike Evans, just the, the overall one of the best dudes on the team and always a clutch player in the trenches when it comes down to it. Um, and then the, the one person that found the end zone with a one handed catch on Trayvon Diggs, guys, He's one of the only wide receivers that you see just do these things and make it look so effortless. You can yep. always rely. You can always rely on 13. That was also my lucky number and my soccer number. So, so much love there. Um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, an offense that still has some growing to do and some grooming in some areas, but a good foundation to build off of nonetheless. Let's pivot over to the side of the ball that actually made this win possible, if you really think about it. It was defense's night. It was defense's game. And if it wasn't for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense revival, they probably would not have closed out with a 19-3 to win this evening. Kaylee, I was so excited to see this defense because if there was one thing that I had in any of my predictions, any of the conversations that I've had leading up to week one, it was the fact that I had more faith and trust in the Bucks' pressure and pass rush than I did in Dallas's. And if there was one thing that I thought was going to happen tonight, it was going to be the defense was going to win this game, regardless of how many points offense put up, because they just feel like the most complete unit. Um, I don't know if I would go as far to say in the entire league thus far, but maybe even the NFC, they're just one of the most complete units. They have the veteran presence where it really counts. Every group has that guy that they can feed off of, learn from. And I'm going to go as far to say they might be one of the smartest defenses in the league. I love the football IQ out there. Certainly. And I think where Todd Bowles said that it starts is with Devin White. He literally said post game, he is the quarterback of the defense out there. He Mm -hmm. really makes everything happen. He's the guy that's making sure everybody's communicating. He's the guy that's making sure everybody's on the same page, that everybody understands what's happening, where they need to go, what they need to do. And he did it fantastically. And oh, by the way, he got two sacks in the process. Oh, so, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, Devin White just owned it out there. And the fact that Todd Bowles, I just loved that he compared him to the quarterback and just said that he's the guy who's really controlling, leading, and owning the defensive play how they're going the structures I really really I love that and and uh, yeah I'm pretty sure case you called it I'm pretty sure you were like hey I eyes on Devin White because he's gonna go out here and he's gonna be the cornerstone of this defense if they're gonna be successful which they have been they held Dallas to three points Mm -hmm. um if they're gonna be successful in a large part, it's going to be because of Devin White. And he went out today and he showed it. I loved what I saw from him and the defense as a unit. They I mean, I, they just felt unstoppable. Yeah. It was just – and I'm glad that you mentioned that because, yeah, I was I was slash am very high up on Devin White. And a 
big reason why was because in his press conferences and training camp, as I mentioned in the previous episode, he took accountability, very specific accountability for where he came up short in the previous season. You didn't see him just running full throttle at air this time. You didn't see him whiffing on tackles. You saw a more level-headed, strategic guy. And while it may have not been the first quarter that you were seeing much out of him, you saw him get a feel for, for Dallas's offense. You saw him really kind of take a sit back, take it all in, and then really attack. And the other thing that I mentioned um, alongside of being excited to see Devin White was the Bash brothers, as I like to call them. Devin White and Levante David just feed off of each other. And Levante David got his hand on a, on a very crucial ball, wasn't able to bring it in for a for an interception. Um, but that would have been a hard one. It was a very high ball up. And then there was probably about three Bucks jerseys around it anyhow. And it just it didn't come up with it. But Levante David was all over the field tonight. And so you know, you got to see the Bash brothers. You got to see Devin White get live 45 for two sacks. And, oh, that's not even the best part, at least in my opinion, as high as I am on Devin White. The best part was seeing Joe Tryonshanka having a freaking day. Now, did he collect a sack? No, he didn't. Was he coming off the edge like a psychopath? Yes, he showed the athleticism that has been talked about for the past year. Now that he has the reps and he's not competing with JPP and no one's taking that time away from him, he has really risen to the challenge. And so he had a motor on him. I mean, he was coming off the edge so quickly, so athletically, so many almost sacks. And I know a lot of fans don't love the almost, but it gives you a lot to look forward to, you know, even come week two. Shaq Barrett, another guy, we expected him to go off from the right side. He said that you know, he'll play either side, but we know that he just tends to really rack up the stats when he's coming off of the right side. And he almost had a sack, which would have maybe collected two points for them. It would have been a, I'm blanking on what they call it when you sack the quarterback in the end zone right now, but um, that's where he actually bent back a safety. Thank you. I thought so, but for some reason I just got really caught up, but you know, Shaq Barrett would have collected a safety if he was able to really wrap around on, on Dak Prescott, he kind of bent back on Prescott's hand, uh, which now just to give everybody an update, Prescott will be out for a couple of weeks because he will have to undergo a hand surgery. And that came out not like moments after the game ended. So the pass rush was exciting to watch, to see them be able to wrap around, to see the way that the, the pocket collapsed and Logan Hall, that rookie, he is going to do big things for this team geez, he's such a big, strong guy. And even though he didn't fully get in there, um, there was just so many players that just, that, that really crumbled that pocket, really got their hands on D Dak Prescott, whether it was a sack or not. And then Vita Vea ends up closing out the game with a sack. And boy, once you let Vita eat, it's just going to go up from there. So big performance by the defense. So many kudos to give around. Oh, oh my gosh. Antoine Winfield Jr. with an interception. I was about to say, are you going to leave somebody out over here? Because uh, there's so many people to be high on. We've, we've got, uh, you know, I think it is at easing into maybe the return we've been calling it of the grave diggers mm -hmm. and really loved what we saw. Um, yeah, I, I, from the defense as a whole, Antoine Winfield Jr. Yeah, I, 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 I we heard his name quite a bit during the broadcast much he um, his, the coverage that he had he really I mean he was all over those guys and yeah. it's not surprising that he was able to 
um, get an interception and, and, and take advantage of a misplay um, by the Cowboys. And, 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 but I'm just really, really hype on this defense. And uh, Casey, I think that, I think that all around, there's not, I mean, the, the defense played a pretty solid game. Now, I don't know. I'm not super hot on Dak Prescott. So mm-hmm. I don't know in comparison, like what we can grade this because I don't know how good this offense actually was. Um, so I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm just saying, again, this is a great starting place. And I think that the, this defense showed me that they will rise to the occasion. And as long as they continue to do that, because they're going to play offenses that are much more elite than what they saw tonight. Uh, but I think if they continue to rise to the occasion, if Devin White continues to go out there, if Joe continues to bring that pressure, if Antoine Winfield Jr., if he continues to just like bring that coverage, I think we're going to really like what we see out of this defense. And it didn't surprise me, Casey, when I started thinking about it. It didn't really surprise me that the defense did you know, one today mm-hmm. because Todd Bowles runs the defense and he yeah. continued to, and has continued to run the defense. And so it makes sense that there isn't necessarily as much of a drop off um, mm-hmm. in the defense as maybe there is, or that we saw or some question marks in the offense. Again, there was injuries in the offense. There was other things that, that are out of a coach's control um, wow. and that aren't necessarily like, that have anything to do with the play calling, but Todd Bowles knows this defense. He knows them so well. There's so much trust there between him and his players and the, the way that he has empowered them to read the offense, to call their own plays, to really move forward. It, 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 we saw it out there tonight and it's why they were able to have so much success because this team knows what is expected of them, and they really rely on Todd Bowles, to be honest with them. Mm -hmm. I think he has been in the past, and I think that that's why we saw such an elite defense out there, and I think we're going to continue to see an elite defense out there. Um, I know it's interesting kind of like looking back a few weeks ago when we were talking to John, and he was um, really evaluating this team, and he answered some really fantastic questions for us. So again, shout out to John for for coming on the podcast and and doing that. But it was interesting because when we we did the blitz with him, we mm-hmm. said offense or defense, and he said offense because I don't think, you know, I don't know if defense wins championships like they used to, but I think in today's NFL that you do have to have an elite defense. You can't have a nothing offense. You can't have somebody who doesn't know, can't go out there and do anything, but this defense really made me believe in this team because if we didn't see the defense that we saw tonight, this game would have been significantly more depressing than it was. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, Not as fun to watch at all. I don't Um, think I could have done it. Yeah, so I I really impressed by this defense and excited to see where they can go because I do think while I don't have any massive criticisms for them, I do mm-hmm. think that they can improve depending on the opponent. And I think Todd Bowles will make sure that his team is ready to take down and to shut down as much as they can the opponent that they are uh, facing that week. 
Absolutely. And some of the defensive players doing training camp were asked, you know, now that Todd Bowles is your head coach versus your DC, does it make you want to play that much harder and more, you know, on a grander scale for him? And they said, yeah. So I feel like this was a great start to them backing up that statement. They are going to play for Todd Bowles, regardless of him being the DC, the head coach, wherever his position may be with this team. And what I really enjoy about that is that I think it just helps raise the bar, but it also just has everybody on the same page. I feel like everyone just really executed their role. If there was a goal that this defense would have um, or want to exp- expound upon, it would be more interceptions. And because there was a few that they left out there on the field, but guys, mm-hmm. for this to be week one game, Maybe one more sacks yeah. too. I think that though the, there were there were a few close calls with that too as well. Yeah, where they definitely could have collected yep. more sacks. This could have been a bigger sack game, and I'm glad that uh-huh. you said that because, you know, in my in my whole little rant earlier, I did leave out Anthony Nelson, but Anthony Nelson's coming off of a career season um, and career-high sack season. And the question mark there was, will he build upon that? Where Will he have more of a role here? Will, will there be more trust? And the answer is yes. The coaching staff is high up on him. That's why they didn't feel like they needed to overload and add to the outside linebacker group. And then the one guy that they bring in is a similar prototype to Anthony Nelson, um, somebody familiar with this, the system, but also a very long, lengthy guy who has to manipulate his body very differently because Anthony Nelson is a very long, lengthy guy. And I love having, and I said this on one of the podcasts after they signed Carl Nassib, that it's going to be really cool to see Anthony Nelson and Nassib coming off of the edges together. And that's how the lineup has gone. And it helped Nelson collect a sack this evening. So I agree with you hundred percent. I think there's still room to grow and this is a great start for this defense. There can be more sacks. There can be more interceptions. Um, Mike Edwards had an awesome game. I mean, he was almost there on every play in equivalence to Antoine Winfield jr, which was very exciting to watch. And Jamil Dean, I cannot close out talking about the defense without saying that he definitely outright earned and deserved that spot over Sean Murphy bunting. I couldn't even tell you what SMB did tonight if he did anything, but I could tell you that Jamil Dean was everywhere and he's only going to get that much better. He's only going to get that much more confident. The biggest thing for this team right now is as long as everybody stays healthy, this is a group that's just a well oiled engine everyone's on the same page everyone's ready to execute at their spot at their position and as long as everybody does their job as a whole this defense is going to really conduct a lot of big games and it really just got me excited to see what comes next especially with this team taking on another an individual rival such as the saints i feel like this put us at ease a little bit but practice is going to be a big one for us to see what goes down with this offense. So if you were to choose with all of the amazing things that you and I just couldn't get enough of saying regarding this defense, um, if you had to pick one or two, who's your MVP of the defense? Um, I'm going to go with my original player, Devin White. I think the fact that he was the leader out there of the defense Um, I I think that having a veteran presence like him, having somebody who's that leader, I think that helps. I think that helps everybody collectively. And so he's going to be not only for his performance, but also for his leadership. He is my defensive MVP for the night. And actually a great pick too, because I forgot that um, a lot of the media that's in Dallas tonight were saying that Devin White was the hype man for a pregame. 
So he was the oh. one who amped everybody up and then walks away with two sacks. So yeah, oh, I, I love there's that. a better MVP choice than that. Although, <laughs> um, who do you have? It's it's hot. I'm I'm really torn between Antoine Winfield Jr. and Joe Tryon Shoenka because I'm very high up on what JTS did tonight. I was just I was very impressed. I feel like he set a tone uh, mm-hmm. early on, uh, yep. if you will. But I I'm a girl who loves interceptions, and I love somebody who's just a fly to honey all over the place out there. So Antoine Winfield Jr. has got to be my my defensive MVP. Um, if we had to choose one more player outside of doesn't have to specifically be offense or defense, if you will, but oh. somebody else who really was just kind of like a small detail person or a key contributor, a standout outside of the MVPs, who would you, who would you choose? Where's your mind go there? Um, I, my mind goes a little bit practical. And so there's a part of me that wants to say Ryan suck because it's like, well, you did score some points, you know, and, (laughs) and so there's a part of me again, that wants to go like practical. I could tell that he was like on the one that he did not get, I could tell Mm -hmm. he was off. And I think if you like go back and rewatch it, anybody would be able to tell if you're super interested, I would tell you to go back and do that. But before the one that he misses by a significant amount you see him he like waits longer than he normally does he kind of like shakes his arm in a weird way like you can tell that something is just not right and then he goes out there and he doesn't get it but every other time you know he nails it um I'm attributing that one miss to just kind of a fluke like I could I could tell he was off I think it was a fluke um he made every single other um, you know, PAT or field goal. So I think that practically speaking, like he did his job, you Mm -hmm. know, and he gave them points. And so I have to give some credit. You know, I think kickers get so much hate whenever they miss no credit, (laughs) whenever they're the guy that that are like, he's like seriously scoring the points for the team. So I have to, by like pure justice fact, I have <laughs> to give it to Ryan Suckup. Um, he went out there, he did his job, and he, in a lot of ways, helped this team win. Actually, I'm glad that you picked him. You're right. <laughs> the kickers are due for a little some more positivity. Come on. <laughs> Put some respect on his name. And, you know, actually, <laughs> this isn't the first time that this has happened. Um, during the game, I've I realized I was having a PTSD moment and then I was like, oh, I know why. Because 2020 versus the Giants in New York, it was Ryan Suckup, the offensive MVP, who secured a win for them because he was nailing the field goals. So aside from the one that he missed and um, the unfortunate part there being it was a 36-yard field goal and then that kind of makes you a little queasy. Um, Yeah, something was off with that one. Yeah, if it wasn't for this defense and Ryan Suckup, this would have been a whole different game. So uh, major kudos to to actually giving the kicker some love and not not so much hate. Uh, I guess I kind of already said it, but I'm going to go with Co'Keefe and Kate Auten. They're my standouts. You're rookies. This is your first NFL game, and you were contributing factors. And first of all, Kate Auten was injured when he got signed with, with the bucks um, or he was coming off of an, an injury recovery. And then Kate Otten was just really, 
contained into this box, limited into this box of a guy who is just going to come in and be, you know, a part-time blocker. And I've said it multiple times. I'll say it again. The, uh, the options they have with him to piece him at fullback. We saw them try to do it with Cameron Bray. While that was cool and all, Kokeef is more efficient and effective on it already. Yes, he's a great blocker. And guys, training camp, I saw him nail some killer routes. So he can be a nice surprise. I actually was banking on him getting in the end zone tonight and scoring for this team. But once they figure out their red zone and third down issues, I would not be surprised to see uh, tight end. I almost said Kate Otten, but him as well. Co'Keefe be um, that surprise guy in the end zone. So those are going to be my standouts outside of the MVPs that we discussed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Which leads us to do one negative thing. I was going to say, we just (laughs) talked about some good stuff, but we have to also go with our walk the plank. And so, do you have one? If you need to think, I will tell you mine. I, I think I need a minute. Like (laughs) you take a minute and think because there are some good things that happen in this game. There are some annoying things that happened in this game. And there are some things that downright, it just kind of pissed me off. Yeah. So walk the plank. This is going to be a surprise. I'm anxious. (laughs) Walk the plank to the Cowboys scoreboard. Oh, out of here. You're so dumb. (laughs) I it's so annoying. <laughs> I felt what like, an ugly score. Oh my gosh. For no, a quote unquote so, potential blowout. But like Jake Camarda, I felt so bad for the kid oh when he had God. to like punt. It's like he's going out there. It's his first time punting mm-hmm. in the NFL. And he's like, you know, I'm like, I'm sure his family is so excited. They're like, everybody's got like the, you know, the TiVo or whatever people DVR. Everybody's like, oh Ooh, my God, their, their phone's ready. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, like he's out there. He's doing his thing. And then no nope, freaking hits the scoreboard and has to redo it. So stupid. Jerry's world. Get out of here. Walk the plank. I don't that like would be you. a Jerry's world thing. And I it, don't and- like you. And then he had to do it again like oh he had to freaking go out there and kick three punts just for it to count (laughs) and he actually had some good punts and I just felt Mm -hmm. bad for the kid because I was like dang it and I my husband and I were talking and I was like that was actually a good punt my husband was like oh no they didn't have it it wasn't they didn't have enough hang time they didn't have enough hang time to get to it and I was like he can't have hang time it's gonna freaking hit scoreboard scoreboard Give me a freaking break. It's, why is uh, that? I felt bad. I, I'm like, I'm keeping it on special teams. My MVP and my walk the plank all had to do with the special teams. But I they just felt so it. bad for Jake out there. I'm like, oh my gosh. I just, you did a good job, Jake. And you did a good board job. Board. <laughs> you did a good job, man. Don't let this mentally walk wear on plank. you, Jake. Walk the plank, you. scoreboard. Get out of here. We don't need you. Or no. raise you higher. 
figure it out. And you're supposed to be America Stadium. I, I feel like they should have had better yeah, mechanics great. with all of that. So actually, that's a great one. I don't even know how I could properly follow that up. Um, and funny that you mentioned that because at one <laughs> is point it great I'm talking- or is it absurd? And it's no, no, no. It's, it's night. great. It's I know. <laughs> As we're peeling our eyes to get through this last segment. Um, <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Um I'm going to work on the follow-up with that. But on a funny note, at one point of the game, I, I looked to Matt and I'm like, honestly, I don't know if I'm watching football or soccer because it was all <laughs> field goals. Then it was the the Jake Kamada, whatever was going on out there, the attack of the scoreboard, the, you know, yeah, just like the repetitive, like, let's do this again, roughing the passer. Let's try this again. Like third time was the charm and then back on punt all over again. So it was, it was cool to see soccer played. Um, <laughs> In a primetime football game? Uh, I don't know. You're on the How clock. Roll that one up. You got to pick. You're on the clock. I want to put the pressure on. It's tough because I <laughs> I find I find the one little negative nugget for the Bucks. Well, not one. I mean, there was a few things, but um you honestly in different ways. Well, here's the one one little issue that I have. Is that Jalen Darden, and I'm not saying his name because I'm not typically his biggest fan, but he waved off a punt. He waved off a catch that he very much had the ability to catch (laughs) and get some yards. It was very much a WTH moment. Um, And while special teams was, was doing one of the better jobs that they have done, honestly, in, in nearly a year, that was just kind of a why. So I'm sorry, Darden, but you're my walk the plank today. I just, I, I, every time I try to give the kid credit, there's just something weird that happens now was, was he better on, on returns? Yes. It wasn't as bad. It wasn't as tough to watch, but, um, that was a little bit of a hiccup that this is your, this is one of your main jobs because I think you only got one rep at wide receiver. Then even that little swing around was kind of odd. So sorry, Darden, you got to read that better. You got to walk the plank tonight, bud. It's okay. Though there's a lot of opportunity for the team to grow and get better. And I think that's the biggest takeaway on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns this week. Good win but it can get better. And I think that we will continue to evaluate this team starting this week. We've got three episodes a week for you guys every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can catch those episodes on your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, and then of course the Odyssey app. It makes it so easy and everything is available there. So download that Odyssey app and then continue to follow Casey and I. I'm Kaylee Mizell. Casey is at the sports case, K-A-S-E. And for all of you uh, Instagram, Twitter folks, we also now have a links to our Jolly Rogers and touchdowns Twitter and Instagram. And that's going to be Jolly Rogers TDS. And that is going to be for both Instagram and for Twitter. So share our content. Uh, We're going to post it this week and we cannot wait to continue to break down this team, watch games and uh, you know, just ride along with the bucks as they go into another Super Bowl. Heck yeah.